0: Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила.
1: А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И
0: вообще не называй мне, пожалуйста, верой. Кто я?
1: Don't touch me, I can't live without him! Ali and this is the Roost Files Unite podcast where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always I'm joined by a guest and today I'm very excited to welcome back a returning guest. Hi Tegan.
0: Hello. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah thank you for joining me once again especially after the movie we watched last time.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm hoping it's a better movie this time. But we'll see. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, for, for new listeners, Through the Thorns to the Stars was something of an ordeal.
0: It kind of, it began alright, and then in the second half it went a bit awry, I feel. It was interesting,
1: interesting. Yeah, it it's... <laughs> if you want something out of the ordinary, I would check it out, but yes. It's also translated as To the Stars... By hard ways, and maybe that's more appropriate. <laughs>
0: yes, I feel like that's a better descriptor.
1: But anyway, um, for the benefit of listeners who haven't heard that episode yet, I'm sure they'll check it out. <laughs> no,
0: oh, it's the best. No. It yeah. is definitely worth a listen because it was an interesting film.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, uh, not Carrie. Ali is not convinced. N-
1: n- not entirely. <laughs> the music's good. <laughs>
0: I can't remember the music.
1: Ah, uh, well, I re listened to the episode just yesterday to remind myself about what we talked about. Oh,
0: you did so much better prep than I did.
1: Oh, well, I, I'm a professional. Wow.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I'm putting that I am not a professional, I am an amateur. That is my excuse.
1: Um, but yeah, but anyway, for those who haven't heard that previous excellent outing, could you tell us a little about? about yourself, Tegan?
0: Um, I am a researcher at a university um, and I work in industrial psychology and human factors, so looking at how people make things within the aerospace factors uh, f- f- sector, even. Not factor. Um, and have quite an interest in technology and sci-fi, I think, as part of that job because we look to introduce robotics onto the shop floor. Um, so...
1: Yes and then the human factor side of that would be how humans work alongside those automated systems,
0: yeah, alongside or how we can introduce the the systems to people i we in where we 've got to now, automation covers like a whole range of things, from augmented reality to smart tools to robots to workstations that shift and adapt to meet who the person is so it's all about capturing and understanding how the differences that make up people will be affected by what we're looking to introduce them basically Mm. introduce to them basically so that we can facilitate better uptake or better use of what we're looking to introduce
1: okay so it's not like well you invested all this money in this machine but the machine doesn't necessarily acknowledge that people are different because Machine's just going to be the same.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think we're very. where we are now with technology, if you've made a machine like that, you've done a lazy job.
1: Right. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure, yes.
0: (laughs) And often what will happen is the operators are not going to use what you've given them because it's hard and it makes their job harder. So they're unlikely to use what you're giving them and then it just becomes a massive waste of time and something sat on the shop floor you've spent money on going to waste yeah so
1: you want to avoid
0: yeah look we've invested in this amazing technology look at it go and then no one uses it and you're like "Eh."
1: yeah yeah we spent lots of money that could have gone on something else like people's salaries yes (laughs) yeah good but, uh, but yeah, so um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm um, appointing you as our sci-fi correspondent.
0: Excellent. I love this. I feel like my background has prepped me for this.
1: Good. Excellent. So the movie we're watching today has a connection with aliens. It's an alien movie. Wonderful. But, yeah. And I was thinking, like, alien movies is too broad. There are so many movies that have some aliens in them agreed um so i was going to propose that this is a sub segment that is aliens visiting earth
0: (laughs) i feel like that is a legitimate sub segment yes yeah
1: and i feel like i haven't done a particularly good job in terms of watching like some of the aliens come to earth movies that are out there but i i wondered whether you have like ones that you particularly enjoy (laughs) (laughs) in terms of, like, your overall sci-fi enjoyment.
0: I think often that aliens arriving on Earth is not a very well-done genre, but um, something like Arrival, that I think is one of the best done ones I've seen. And they were nice aliens. They weren't aliens have come to, like, wipe us out, which I think adds to the, like, not great side of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a bit predictable.
0: And a bit, like, dire... And almost pessimistic, I think, in your thinking that, well, why else would someone come to visit us other than to oppress us?
1: Yes, they're definitely here to either enslave us or, like, mine us for our organs. Yay! (laughs) Fun. Yeah. But I'm so glad you brought up Arrival, as that is one of the things that we talked about last time, and I hadn't seen it at that point.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And yes, it's a fantastic movie.
0: Isn't it just? And like the atmosphere, when you finish the film, it's so like because it's not pin you up the whole way. You kind of walk out with a sense of like relaxed peace. It's one of the weirdest sensations I had coming out of the film. I don't know if you felt the same
1: Um. Yeah, and it's quite melancholy, which. Yeah. Without g- wanting to.
0: Yeah, don't want to get spoilers. But
1: there is a. Me- that I felt there was like a melancholia about it, and I like that as a mood. Yeah. Um. So.
0: Oh, it's hard when you can't give spoilers.
1: It is. We we might do with this with this film, but we'll.
0: I feel like I don't want to spoil Arrival for anyone. Um, yeah. So I don't want to give spoilers. But yes, but... the like conversation is so good. Um, and I've rewatched it a second time, I mean, uh, it good. is still as good a second time. Um, in fact, more interesting I'd say because of what you understand by the end then informs from the beginning, and I think it is really interesting. Yeah, it still holds up.
1: And you've got your bearings this time. You're not like, what's going on? Because you're so used to the conventions being like... Because that's one of the things that they play up, especially the the first time you're watching it. Mm. Like, are they here to attack us? Because
0: And it's all that massive question around it. Yeah, absolutely. And what's that? Why are they here? What are they coming to do? And it just, yeah, to then understand where you're going to end up by the end. And like, I think it then colours your journey through the film. Mm. And I think, yeah, it's good.
1: Rewatchability watchability is always
0: always a good thing I and mean, it's high on this
1: yeah because it's, it's nice to have a good plot but mm. if once you know what the surprise is or whatever it isn't interesting that's a sign of a not so good movie
0: yeah I, I 100% agree with that
1: and I really enjoyed the short story that it was based on.
0: Excellent. That you've read that I've not. So all for being a like, sci-fi correspondent, a yeah. little bit of a failing there.
1: Yeah, you literally mentioned last time that you had the short story collection and it was sitting on your pile of not yet read books.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It then came to sit with you, for you to read.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I finally, I'm finally, i finally giving it back. But yeah, Ted Chang, very interesting. Oh,
0: I'm so glad. And actually, I think that makes me really want to like open it up and read it now even more.
1: Yeah. And I hope they make more movies of his stuff, because... Ah. Yeah, so much of it is kind of like 20, 25 years ago, when he wrote this stuff, ah. it would have been incredibly difficult to visualise. Yeah. Whereas now we're at the levels of special effects where you could probably do most of this stuff.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think we've come leaps and bounds with what you can actually show on TV now, and I think that's why we're seeing so much more like sci-fi in films. Yeah. And fantasy, I think, to a large degree.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a rival. But the movie we're actually watching today is called Genia which means attraction. So, and it's from 2017.
0: Oh, it's new.
1: Yeah, very recent. And it's directed by Fyodor Bondarchuk, uh, who we've actually had one of his films on the podcast already. It was Stalingrad, which is like... Well, <sighs> okay. That sounds like you've heard that episode.
0: <gasps> I did. I didn't get on with it very well.
1: The episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think...
0: Yeah, the episode, not the film. I haven't seen the film, the episode.
1: We did go on and on and on and on and on about Ridley Scott at the beginning.
0: <laughs> See, I think I would have found that interesting. So I wonder if it was that the actual story. Yeah. It's been a lot. My brain and my memory is not with the best. So it may be. I may be confusing it with another one.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Could be. One of the many subpar episodes. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. It's right, because you cover such a, like, broad range. So there's some stuff that I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then other stuff, it's just that it's where your interest lies. And some are more down my street than others, and some are a little bit more shocking than others. And I think um, this, I'm confusing the Stalingrad one with the Stalin one. Um, and that was a little bit dire and a little bit violent.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a tough film. I mean, it was funny because... Armando Yunucci is very good at awkward, dark humour, but, yeah, I can see how that was an intense one to be discussing.
0: I think so, and I think when you're not watching and you're not, like, just kind of hearing, about, hearing it, your brain sometimes... My brain goes and give, paints me vivid pictures, and there are times where I'm like, ah, uh, let's just stop and fast-forward a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, that movie wasn't generally that graphic, but just the subject matter mm. people being politically murdered
0: yeah yeah so it was a little bit dire isn't it
1: yeah it was grim um so yeah hopefully this one will be a little bit lighter i mm. mean it's only aliens potentially that's the thing i don't know i've seen the trailer so i don't know whether this is a hostile aliens or whether this is an ambiguous maybe they're hostile maybe they're not kind of our as we've mentioned arrival so it'll be interesting it's to going see to be a journey Let's
0: see what we've got to experience
1: yeah all right so what we do before we launch into the film
0: I know this I can remember it Paecheli?
1: it is yes. yes and we say that because
0: um, it's what Yuri gogarin said as he went into space
1: exactly <laughs> loyalness <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remembered the names <laughs> right and so in <when. laughs> excellent
1: all right. So, <laughs> three, two, one. Piecholi. Piecholi. Tegan and I have just watched Pretty or Attraction, and before we talk about what we thought about it, Tegan is going to give us a quick plot summary. So, if you haven't seen the film and are worried about spoilers, this is the time to go away, find the film, watch it, and then get back to us. But if you don't care about spoilers, then here's the plot.
0: Um, So, we start... In a school where I assume the teacher is foreshadowing what will come with the rest of the um, in the rest of the film, um, talking about meteors meteor showers and the like consequences of them through history.
1: Yeah, because there's going to be one we find out.
0: Yes. and our main character, Yulia, goes home, talks to her dad who turns out to be a colonel in the army. He basically says, you can't go out to watch the meteor shower, you need to stay home and stay safe. But the girl's boyfriend thinks he knows better, so decides that they're going to go and watch the meteor... I say watches in inverted commas. They're going to go and watch the meteor shower from their friend's rooftop?
1: Yeah. Yulia's friend, Sveta, lives in an apartment block, which kind of everyone does in Moscow, nearly everyone anyway. But she lives near the roof, so yes, supposedly they're going to join with a big crowd of people and watch the meteor shower from there. But as you alluded to, that's not entirely the plan, maybe. The
0: boyfriend has other ideas that involve the best friend's bedroom. I'll leave it at that, with the element of, it's fairly gross, don't think I'd do that to a best friend. Um, what then happens is their tower block gets hit by no 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 sorry backtrack um you then cut to space and the meteor hitting some object in space and then the object which we then zoom out on and get an overview that it's probably a spaceship then starts crashing into earth then we then cut to the military and they're all up in arms and decide they're going to shoot the living daylights out of the space object They shoot the space object, which means that it then crashes onto Moscow, which kills the friend that fairly squishes her and takes off the top of the building and most of the, like, the walls of the room that our main character and her boyfriend are in and then continues on through Moscow with devastating effects. Then we end up with martial law because the military have decided... Well, it's crash landed, so that's how they're going to deal with it. And then they set up a wall or a fence around yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it's like a cordon or a perimeter, and basically say, okay, we need to isolate everyone from whatever this thing is. It's funny because initially they are not sure what the object is. It's like literally an un- unidentified flying object. And they actually think that it may be something from NATO, which is just <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: like. One of the officers goes, and what if it's not NATO? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the rest
0: of the world has managed to keep this hidden from you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's very, the spaceship is very different and very unlike anything. It's got, like, a circular middle bit and then, like, spheres rotating round.
1: yeah. in a kind of gyroscope
0: That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it
1: looks like a giant flying gyroscope. Yes. Sort of.
0: Which is not like anything that, as far as I'm aware, we have in our military if you go and buy fighter jets and things like that. <laughs> no. So, hmm.
1: A little bit of suspension of disbelief there, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, the cordon.
0: Yes. So, you have the cordon... Oh, because the ship has taken off, has, as it's crash-landed, has destroyed um, parts of the building that the couple are in. Um, so there's a scene where he's holding on to a, the top of a bed. Well, the bottom of the bed is, like, hanging It's The boyfriend, is this the is. The boyfriend.
1: And our protagonist.
0: Yeah. And it's hanging off down into dead air. And somehow they manage to get off the bed. Onto a safe bit of the apartment, and then he carries her to... She's passed out for most of this, isn't she? Yeah,
1: yeah, he carries her to, like... To the uh... hospital? I want to say it's to, like, a police car, and the police takes yes, to the ambulance. (laughs) Because
0: that that translated line was amazing.
1: (laughs) I've forgotten, what does it say?
0: Something like, do you want to keep living?
1: Oh, oh, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, uh, because... yeah, to for context, if you haven't seen the movie, if you decided <laughs> to just plow on, yeah, this this uh, police car nearly hits the boyfriend carrying the main character um because they're like essentially walking down a main road or he's walking down a main road carrying her and the translation was do you want to carry on living, which probably should have been something like are you trying to get yourself killed? It,
0: you know <laughs> <laughs> i prefer the original translation but um yeah so eventually we then cut to her on a hospital bed with bandages on her on her head and an IV in her arm and um, she wakes up pulls out the needle from her arm takes off the bandage there's no blood on this bandage no nope. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's very securely wrapped and she doesn't look like there was any reason for her to be passed out. But anyway, so she comes out of the hospital room, goes and sees the boyfriend, and then they walk out of the building and into her father, at which point our protagonist's father, who is the colonel in the army, is having it off with the boyfriend, basically saying um, she would have been fine if you hadn't taken her out and this is all your fault. But thank you for taking her to the hospital.
1: Yeah, there's some very much stereotypical... Masculine posturing? Masculine posturing, yeah. The whole, ah, oh, you're dating my daughter, therefore I want you to die type of thing. Which, you know, in the circumstances, I'm not sure we'll get to it, you kind of come to see his point of view, but it is very much like, yeah, this is how these things always go in movies. <laughs> Especially action movies.
0: Yeah. Um, and it very much looked like the father wanted to hit the boyfriend in the face um well (laughs) control i think either before we see her coming out of hospital or after and i can't remember the like order um we see so the colonel plus a politician go to see the crashed spaceship and then we see an alien come out which looks very weird it's such a weird alien shape but actually quite similar to some of the like boston dynamics robot shapes which is just a little bit uncanny and a bit weird
1: yeah we'll have to post like a link to that in the show notes so that people can see what that looks like because i this is not something i'd heard of before (laughs) until you were like this looks like this i don't know
0: (laughs) okay yeah i think it's one of those things where when you're in robotics you're like Yes, I've seen. It's weird. (laughs) We don't need to keep showing.
1: Yeah. It's odd. You said, uh, like, um, Uncanny Valley was the feeling you had with those. Yeah,
0: very much. And with this, like, alien shape, I had it every time we saw it, I think. Hmm. It was that level of, this is just a bit odd. But they've got, like, four arms and, like, two legs, and just the movement is almost gorilla-like when they're moving. It's quite...
1: Yeah, like it kind of... They sort of run with their... Leading with their forearms and kind of like on their knuckles almost.
0: And pulling the... Sort of the legs are powering behind them. It's Mm. quite an interesting... Gate. Yeah, very much so.
1: Oh, I did love a line there where one of the colonel's senior commander says you have to go and investigate this. Oh, and then this politician is coming with you, and he was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, the word he just said was, which is like a very, and with that intonation is very much like, what?
0: <laughs> oh, I'd miss that. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant.
1: He he was not very happy. And so, yeah, this politician and... um
0: And the colonel.
1: <laughs> yeah. go And they meet this alien... And then the politician proceeds to have a heart attack,
0: which, when you're watching, looked very odd. Because at first I thought he was fainting, or like he just looked a little bit off, and it then looked like he was fainting. I was like, "Yes, this is amazing. The politician is having a little faint." And then it was the heart attack. I'm like, man. Ah.
1: Yeah, but why did why did the heart attack happen? He wasn't just scared.
0: No, he wasn't. Sad face. It seems like something to do with the ship or the aliens um, emit an EMP type.
1: Yeah, some kind of pulse that interferes with electronic devices. And this kind of came and yes. went in the plot. Like, it was very important early on. Like, all everyone's mobile phone stops working. And, like, this guy has... This politician has a pacemaker, even though he's, like, relatively young. But, you know, people have heart conditions. So... Yeah. Although you'd kind of think that if somebody has a heart condition, maybe don't send them into this really really tense situation. But he volunteered himself because they. You get the feeling with this politician character who's not in it very much, but he's very much like glory-seeking.
0: Oh gosh, yeah.
1: So he yes. was quite a funny character. He was. But anyway, I'm derailing your plots. No,
0: it's good because like I oh, just that bit with the heart attack was quite funny at the um to start with.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't clear what was happening, and then it's like he had a heart attack because he had a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh yeah,
0: is that what a heart attack looks like? Okay, fine, <laughs> but that looks a lot like he's having a little faint. Yes. So then I think we see cars driving past graffiti, which is I think the first time you see graffiti in anywhere in the whole like film, and it's like a "this is our earth" type post alien invasion graffiti that you see in all alien invasion films
1: yeah yeah it's sort of people are upset that aliens have apparently killed people because the general population don't know that they crashed because
0: they got shot out of the sky yes
1: so Um... it's kind of seems like the aliens are hostile so
0: yeah it's
1: very tense
0: um so the father takes the daughter home to the flat and the father has phoned grandma to come and look after the daughter (laughs) Yes. so they turn up at the house and then the father disappears so he like drops her off and he's like all right i'm out we've got things to deal with and he's gone
1: work stuff yeah
0: bye oh we must then do like a cut to the next day because the next scene i'm pretty sure was her getting into an armored school bus To go to school.
1: Yeah, because there's this sort of. We're trying to keep daily life running despite the fact that this thing has happened and just see how things develop.
0: Yeah, it'll be fine. We're outside of the cordon. Go to school.
1: Except, of course, some of people's classmates have died. Yes. So everyone is very tense.
0: Yeah, and you kind of. As Yulia goes through school, um, you've got the shrines to those people who've died.
1: And specifically her best friend, Sveta, who yes. was on the roof and got smooshed, as far as we can tell.
0: When you saw the shrine, did you see pictures of anyone else? Because well, I was looking, and it looked like it was just Sveta's picture.
1: Yeah, maybe other people... Maybe it was a, she was the only person from that school who died, or maybe they just didn't care about
0: <laughs> me. She is the important one.
1: Yeah, and this wasn't subtitled, but on the shrine they had the line... We will avenge you.
0: Then, yeah, it explains why. When you then cut back to what I assume was the history class, because we're back in the classroom that they were in at the beginning of the film with the same teacher and the same kids. Yeah, And all the kids uh, get very upset.
1: Yeah. Well, the teacher is very much like, this is an amazing opportunity. You yeah. know, this is something that humanity has dreamed of forever. And they're just like, people we knew died. We hate the aliens.
0: Yeah. And goes storming out of class. Literally everyone just clears out. The girl then goes home and gets her dad's gun out of the safe.
1: His service, like, handgun, yeah, which is inscribed to him.
0: Yes. How does she know that code? Because I would think a good dad would be very careful about not sticking that number in.
1: Well, maybe it's, uh, you know, if someone ever broke into your house, I don't know. You could defend yourself, but... It is weird, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yes, we should point out, my understanding is that gun control in Russia is pretty strict, so it would be hard to come by a weapon normally. I mean, it's. I think it's similar to the UK, but it's way tighter than it would be in the States, say.
0: Okay. So... so- Because that was the thing, if she seemed very comfortable with it, which would make me Mm. think that she was trained a little bit, which could then be why she knew the code. So if anyone did
1: break it. Yeah, maybe. Yes, you certainly didn't seem to be, like, phased by, I've never handled one of these before.
0: (laughs) What do I do? Yeah. Or
1: Uh, I'm scared of, like, accidentally making this go off. Yeah. Which is what I would be worried about.
0: (laughs) I would be. I'd be like, this is in no way safe. It is staying in the safe. And I'm going. So anyway, she then takes the gun to the garage base that her boyfriend and his gang lives in. um, And gives (laughs) the boyfriend the gun. Which, like, why?
1: I I don't know. Seemed like a good idea at the time.
0: Yeah, and then the, her boyfriend, who seems to be the leader of his gang, um, has a bit of a fight with the guys underneath, because, I don't know, it's some sort of male posturing, and it was <laughs> just a bit... It was one of those things where I was like, if we could like fast forward through this, we'd be done a little bit quicker? We don't really, like, I get yeah. that there's a lot of posturing going on. But anyway, they have it out with each other. And then, at some point, decide to break the cordon and go exploring to see what's going on with the alien ship?
1: Yeah, they basically decide to go to the damaged block of flats that they were on top of, slash in, when the aliens arrived. So this is where the dead friend Sveta had her room. So they're just kind of going to investigate and seeing if they can see any sign of the aliens, I guess. It's not totally logical why they're doing it.
0: Yeah, that's a good explanation, because I'm sat here thinking, why on earth were they back in that building? But
1: Curiosity.
0: Curiosity, tall enough to see... Although they all stayed down... No, okay, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Hang on. Um, So they break the cordon and they take baseball bats, which my question while we were watching it was, is baseball a thing in Russia that you'd have bats lying around?
1: Not a big thing, as far as I'm aware.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. And then I think they find something in the ground floor.
1: Yeah, it's it's the uh, shilk, the alien medical device yeah it's kind of a MacGuffin.
0: yeah so they're there trying to like get into it take it back with them but while that's all going on ah, sorry prior to all of that the boyfriend has suddenly decided that it's not safe to take yulia in with him so sticks her in the car with a gun he gives her back the gun and leaves her why he took her into the cordon in the first place if it wasn't safe So then the boys all go to the ground floor and then Yulia, who is clearly not having any of it, goes to explore for herself and goes up to her friend's room. I assume for, like, to get a memento or to go and, like, because she's grieving the death of her friend.
1: Yeah.
0: And while she's there, the aliens turn up. Scared me a little bit, actually. And I (laughs) scared her because he kind of creeps up on the outside and you go from, like, not really seeing him to suddenly it's there and... It's scary, okay. um, and then she gets scared as well and slips on the the broken flooring because half or oh, not half a wall's missing from this room. Um, yeah,
1: you were saying that just her standing on that ledge was like making your vertigo.
0: Oh, I have su- I have such up. bad fear of heights, and I just was like, this is not okay because it's a huge number of floors up.
1: Yeah, like twenty. And Something like
0: that. Half your floors crumbled away; the walls completely gone, and you can see in the like distance bits falling off other tower blocks. So yeah. clearly, nothing is stable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she has a slip, and the robot saves her. And while he's saving her, he reveals his face under the faceplate, and then you realise that it's got- the alien has a human face. She screams because she slipped and shoots him.
1: I think so.
0: Or try or like fires the gun, and then all the boyfriend and his friends posse posse yes we're using posse now uh, come running up the stairs to try and save her. Ah, oh, she did shoot him because she didn't hand the gun off.
1: Yeah, I guess not. So. It's just like he when he turns up wounded later. I'm assuming it's a bullet wound, but it could also be. Him falling all of those floors.
0: Yeah, so when the boyfriend and his posse turn up, they then decide to beat the living daylights out of the um, alien with their baseball bats.
1: I mean, if you're going to bring baseball bats, presumably <laughs> you want to beat someone up with them.
0: Why not use them? <laughs> and then, like, effectively pushes the alien off the side of the building and, like, out and down. Yeah. Um, and then he lands on the ground. They go running down drag him... Oh, no. They go running down and find the suit
1: on the floor
0: and there's an open. It's open. And while they're all like clamouring over the suit, she notices that... uh, Yulia notices that there's a body, a human-looking, humanoid-looking body by the mannequins and doesn't say anything, just lets it fly. And then the boys all take the suit back to their garage underground base. Yeah. (laughs) Um because all the cool kids have underground bases, and then wake it up on a hook and leave it there. Yulia goes home, then steals her dad's car, or someone's car. She finds a jeep-shaped car.
1: um, It it is very military-looking, yeah.
0: Yeah. Goes back to collect the body, brings it back, and then goes to find one of her classmates who has the best nickname. Yes. (laughs) Which is Ellie. Google. (laughs) They literally refer to him as Google. So good. And he refers to himself as Google.
1: Yeah. So I initially thought it was just, like, a joke, but then they just keep calling him Google, so... And he's called that because he's super nerdy and can just figure out the answer to everything in just, like, a split second.
0: Yeah. And I would 100% watch a film all about him because he was brilliant and his dialogue was hilarious. (laughs) Um... So yeah, she goes to get Google and basically says, you want to be a surgeon, come and fix this person?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because that's how it works. Yeah. Um, So the kid, Google, looks at the alien humanoid um, and goes, he needs blood. He somehow figures out that he needs blood. So they then break into the hospital Yulia's been in, do a blood test to check whether he's A or B blood type.
1: Yeah. That amused me that they went to the level of detail of like, well, we couldn't just assume that their blood match. We'll actually have to check. So that's unusual for a film to actually care about something like that.
0: And I was like, I was like oh gosh, they're just going to stick whatever blood in them. So when they did that, I was like, yes, this is good. Okay. Yeah. But then they magically, bear in mind, I assume neither of these kids have any medical training, know how to find veins or arteries. I don't know. Veins. Uh, Veins (laughs) to drain her blood, because she's a blood match to the alien humanoid. Yeah. So, yeah, basically she gives her blood to him.
1: So he doesn't die. So
0: he doesn't die, and then they hold hands at some point, because she's realised he's fairly attractive, and then there's a bracelet transference. The bracelet goes from his arm to her arm.
1: Yes, in a kind of magical alien technology way.
0: Yes. Yes. He then wakes up. Well, she has clearly passed out, and he, she wakes up, and then he wakes up. Yeah, something happens, and effectively, they then go and find. Ha! They, Julia and Google, must take the alien back to the garage where the car she used was from. Um, and find clothes. Must be her garage because the alien was wearing the dad's clothes because the dad later in the film notices that they're his clothes and goes off on one.
1: Yeah. Well, it is funny when he's wearing the alien, who's, like, fairly tall and (laughs) hunky. He's just wearing this military greatcoat and just, like, wandering around.
0: Oh, man, it's the military greatcoat with the, like fluffy hat yeah like askew on his head it was quite the picture and like um yeah fisherman's rib type long baggy sweatshirt with yeah. like jogging bottoms it was quite the look
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think he makes it work
0: Yes. yeah because <laughs> yeah, he then wakes up he gets dressed the girl then yulia then has a fight with the alien and i think that's the point at which we get the alien's name and he's hakon
1: yes by by a fight we mean an argument in this case. Oh yeah, a verbal of, argu-
0: argument. Good clarification.
1: In this in this movie it is important to clarify whether a physical <laughs> punch up is happening or whether it's just a strong exchange of words.
0: Yeah. Definitely a strong exchange of words. She event she effectively then tells the alien to go away. So he walks out and ends up being picked up by the police cuz he doesn't have his ID. ID. Yeah. Um she realizes it's probably a bad thing to let this guy go wandering off. So, her and Google go out to see if they can grab him before he gets to grab Hakon before he gets picked up by the authorities.
1: Or yeah, or before they figure out who he is, because uh, he's a thing about the alien is that he picks up Russian pretty much straight away because he's super intelligent. Which, believe me, it's it's hard work <laughs> all the cases and stuff. Yeah, but he basically magically learns it and can therefore communicate. But still, with like social cues and customs, he's never been to Earth, so he's kind of somewhat fish out of water E.
0: Yeah, looks incredibly awkward. Doesn't quite know how to... The words are fine, but actual expressions are not.
1: Yeah, his strong suit. Um, no. In, in fact, the, the police just assume he's a drug addict or something, just because he's wandering around in a daze. So yeah, they, um, Yulia and Google talk their way into the police station.
0: But before that, at some point, Yulia ends up in the shower where we discover that the bracelet makes the water go weird.
1: It's like water repellent. I liked, (laughs) sorry, I have to be careful with how I say this. (laughs) So that scene, it was kind of interesting because the way it starts, you have this shot of the shower head from underneath and then the water coming on. And I was pretty sure this has got to be a psycho reference because, you know, it's the most famous shower scene in movie history. And if you're going to have a scene in in a shower in a movie, it feels like you want to reference Psycho. (laughs) So I feel like they do that. But nobody gets murdered. They just have a weird... Well, yeah. Sorry, you described. It's
0: like a weird, like she's moving her arm, and the water kind of floats as though it's not affected by gravity. Yes. And there's a lot of flailing, and it must have looked bizarre filming it, because that must have been added in post production.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's very strategic steam <laughs> happening on the, uh, yeah, on the glass, which I suspect was probably post production as well. Yeah, more than likely. That would have been an awkward scene to shoot.
0: All of it, right? Just like I'm going to stand naked in the shower and flail my, my arms. Wave my arms and
1: go, Woo oh,
0: look at my hand go. Magical um, <laughs> alien bracelet. Magical alien bracelet. Um, so we don't actually know anything beyond that, that it just makes water go weird. And then after that is then where Yulia and um, Google go to try and break Hakon out of the police station. So they get in, she gets in by mentioning her father's name. And then it all goes from the police officer being fairly dismissive to suddenly he can't do enough to help her.
1: Yeah, it's very funny because he suddenly switches to using her first name and patronymic, which is how you show that you're being polite to somebody. It, like, super polite. Oh, okay. So it be Russian. like...
0: I guess, me talking to you and being like, Mr. Pitts. Which yeah, exactly, exactly,
1: them. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. So the police officer takes her through to see Hakon, where he is having a bit of an issue with the woman trying to take his fingerprints, because she thinks he's cut his tips of his fingers off and removed his fingerprints. And they're having a bit of a, I couldn't follow the to-do that was going on there. It just seemed to be a bit of a, like, oh, have you taken your fingerprints off, why? and
1: that kind. This is of weird, yeah. Because yeah. he's an alien, but you apparently know.
0: aliens don't have fingerprints. Apparently not. Good reference for future. Anyone who doesn't have fingerprints is clearly an alien.
1: Or, or they're in the Men in Black.
0: Oh yes, I forgot about that. That leads on to a whole complete other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will contain myself and pull myself back. And then, so while he's getting his fingerprints done, the boyfriend turns up, whose actual name is Artem. Artyom, yeah. Artem. Okay, so um, we have known his name for most of this, but in all my notes, he is referred to as the boyfriend. Yeah. Because um, I find him less than impressive. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: personality. His personality is not very nice. No. Um, and he turns around and winks at Hakon and then goes back to being, I guess, fingerprinted and talking about what's gone on. So basically, she gets him out of the. Um, she gets Hacon out of, the police.
1: Station. Station.
0: But can't get her boyfriend out because he said something stupid. And she effectively... They then have a conversation about smiling and how to smile. And he does the awkward, like, I'm trying to smile thing.
1: It's very much like the thing that Arnie does in Terminator 2 when the young John Connor is like, you need to learn how to smile. And he's like, mm, okay, that needs some work. <laughs> Which,
0: so, having watched that, I can't remember it now because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, they get him out. She takes him to his house where they get... Sorry, to her house where they get food or her flat. And then she tricks him into eating a whole hell of a lot of mustard. Yep. Which is quite amusing.
1: Comedy ensues.
0: It was great. There's then some type of riot.
1: Yes, things are escalating. We see on the TV that there's basically riots happening because...
0: Are they rationing water, aren't they?
1: Yes, because something that the alien ship is doing its sucking the water in the city towards it because it's some part of its regeneration process the ship the aliens have like some kind of water technology but it's basically like magic
0: yes. <laughs> and and it yeah somehow fixes stuff ah oh, and while they're at so yulia and hakon are at her flat they have a little bit of a conversation about the dog she's got a dog and we get introduced to the dog right at the beginning and my literal written down line is, please don't let the dog die. Um, <laughs> they then have a conversation about the fact that the dog may need to be put down.
1: And probably already should have been put down.
0: Yeah. Um, and then somehow Hakon heals the dog.
1: Yep. And special alien immortality technology.
0: Absolutely. The dog's all good. So Hakon then tells Yulia that um, the special, the thing that the boys found in the bottom of the building.
1: which shilk is Shilk. The, is shilk
0: yes, the shilk which has now been taken by the military for testing. He needs that to take that to the ship so that he can
1: leave. Yes, because the aliens are not meant to be there. It's meant to be an observation mission and they really weren't supposed to crash, so they can't leave any of their technology because they don't want it falling into human hands. Yes.
0: So then they hatch a way to go to break into the facility using her dad's name again. Um, and she tells the girl... His ID. <laughs>
1: She, like, literally...
0: Oh, uses his ID to get in. Oh, okay.
1: Tricks him into, like, hugging her so she can grab his ID.
0: She tells her dad... Well, their way of getting into the facility was uh, telling the guard at the gate that she was pregnant and she hadn't told her dad yet, and then going and telling her dad she was three months pregnant.
1: (laughs) And that she wasn't sure who the father was.
0: which was really good. (laughs) <laughs> Cause he's there like stewing and he's like, Is it this man? And
1: yeah she's like, because could be. He knows about obviously her well rapidly becoming ex-boyfriend, <laughs> and then there's this other random guy. And she's like, Yeah, not sure whose it is.
0: So she then goes, Oh no, I'm kidding, I'm sorry and her dad's clearly like, I'm going to like kill you, you are going to be the death of me. So yeah. she then hugs him, steals his ID card, and then hands it to the alien. He then goes To collect the thing. Shilk. Shilk, thank you. Um, (laughs) MacGuffin. (laughs) MacGuffin. At what point I'm going to remember the name of this thing. Steals it and then they both run out of the building and try to escape. Try to get away?
1: Well, try and... uh, Are they trying to get back to the ship at this point? Yes. It's a convoluted plot.
0: There's a hell of a lot going on. Um, Yes, they do then try to get back to the ship. But then they have to wait until... It's dark so that they can actually break in, break through the cordon, um, which means going through an abandoned building and under, and
1: it's quite
0: convoluted. Um, So while they're walking towards the spaceship, Yulia phones the boyfriend and says, I don't want to date you anymore. Uh, And the boyfriend goes, Oh, okay, why? She's like, Oh, I'm just not feeling it. So it ends that relationship.
1: But the boyfriend is like, Oh, okay, yeah, I thought maybe.
0: Something like this. All right. So she then kisses the alien, because at some point this became a romance film, not an alien invasion film.
1: It can be both. (laughs) Sexy aliens.
0: Sexy aliens. Yes. Well, this was a fairly hunky alien, which is how, when we saw the hunky alien, that was the point at which we knew it was going to be a romance. So it, it wasn't... Really that much of a shock when she was then kissing him.
1: Yeah. We do see his butt a couple of times, don't we? Yes,
0: we do, because he gets changed. There's a lot of getting changed. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, getting changed nudity in this film. Yes. And I'm not 100% sure why people change at quite the rate they get changed.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of, like, swapping clothes. Partly, like...
0: Oh, yes, the hiding dress.
1: Yeah, and hiding from, like, security footage so they look like a different person. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, okay, there's a legitimate changing of clothes. <laughs> uh, okay, so they've then kissed, and while they're kissing, the ex-boyfriend and his posse turn up.
1: Turns and... out he's not fine. Spoiler. Oh,
0: really not <laughs> fine? Fight ensues, which involves them literally beating the living daylights out of Hakon, um, lying on the floor bleeding, like, kicked in the stomach multiple times. Fairly bad. And then Yulia then tries to... In- Interrupt or something, and her ex boyfriend turns around and slaps her,
1: like properly belts her as well, backhanded
0: across the face, like
1: in slow motion almost. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, hmm, that's yes. So the violence has gone to the woman. Aces. She then, oh it was the slow motion fall, just to really like put it home that she'd been hit hard. Um, at which point Hakon goes, "Okay, I'm done with this," and then.
1: You can't hit my new earth girlfriend.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to beat the living daylights out of you. Which involved him throwing people into walls. <laughs> <What do you laughs> yeah. like, why did you take the beating if you, you could throw just... someone into a wall? Like
1: Yeah. Maybe it's that he doesn't want to provoke a war by yeah, doing harm point. to humans until, you know
0: Yeah. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: We'll wait until the like absolute last. You've got to take it, unless yeah. it's your girlfriend. And then you can step it. Yeah,
1: because um, that's not chivalrous.
0: No. Um. And then somehow Yulia is struggling over the gun. The gun's turned up again. Oh, um, yeah. With one of the posse... And then the gun goes off and accidentally shoots one of the other posse members. So the guy who's fired the gun goes running off screaming. Literally runs off screaming while the rest are... Oh, the police then turn up. Or the military turn
1: up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then the posse run away and um, Yulia and Hakon get taken to the military tents, for lack of a better term. And that's when I stopped taking notes.
1: But, <laughs> so
0: it is going to be the it's rest fine. of the summary. We then have more kissing and a bit of a background explanation as to why they're here. So it's the fact that they are on a, an observation trip that the, he is technically a human because they are two branches of the same tree. Literal co- quote of what he said to her to give her the explanation. Yeah. It's like, that's amazing.
1: We're somehow related. You don't need to know how or
0: yeah. why. But we're human, so we're not completely removed. And then I think she has it out with her father. They then she has a bit of an argument, and they're like, "Okay, we need to go back to the ship. He needs to go back." Somehow they end up going back to the ship. Yulia and Hakon with the silk, Shilk? Shilk, That's
1: the one. MacGuffin.
0: In MacGuffin, and then have a run-in with the ex-boyfriend wearing the suit. Who-
1: yes, oh. but he has like basically started like a big riot. Yes. It's kind of like a. It's very fascisty. It's like yeah. We have to go kill these alien so-and-so. Because
0: they're taking our water and they've killed our people. and So they're just going off on one. But the teacher turns up from the original bits and is like, we maybe don't want to do this. And it's trying to like pacify it and stop it to no avail. Nope. Um, so the crowd ran off.
1: And they rush, like, the military cordon and break through.
0: Yes, and then go to try and destroy the ship. But then a whole pile of, like, alien things come out of the ship to stop them.
1: Alien suit guys, yeah.
0: Alien suit guys. But they don't actually do any physical harm, and it's very clear in the filming that it's just, like, stopping people rather than harming people.
1: Yeah, they're basically defending themselves.
0: And the ship, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and trying to subdue the crazy baseball bat fascist thug guys because
0: somehow everyone's got baseball bats
1: yeah apparently they're easy to come by in Moscow (laughs) yeah um and then the army led by dad yes dad the colonel are intervening and basically trying to stop the riotous human
0: yeah trying to stop them doing any damage and like taking weapons off them and stuff yeah
1: and like hitting people with the like (laughs) butts of their rifles <laughs> yes. to incapacitate them it's amazing well that the level of more death was. doesn't happen than yeah
0: just a little right. bit of like concussion you be fine yeah. with that you're not dead so while all of that's going on yulia and um hakon come like trundling along in a jeep they've acquired from somewhere
1: there's a lot of grand theft auto in this so much <laughs> um, carjacking
0: yes with the MacGuffin, and she's trying to get him into the ship so that he can go. But the ex-boyfriend turns up wearing the suit that they stole, and it t- when he's in the suit, all the lights are red, which is an interesting contrast to when hakon was in the suit and it was all
1: blue. And the other aliens, they're all blue.
0: And the other aliens are all blue, so a, like visual, like clarification of the fact that he's a bad guy. Because it's red and he's in the suit.
1: And he's super aggressive. Oh,
0: so aggressive. Like, literally looks like he has lost the plot and just wants to beat the Living Daylights out of either Hakon or Yulia. Or both. Or both. And if they could both be dead, he'd be quite happy with that. Yeah. So there's a, like, physical tussle throwing people around going on. And then for some reason the suit expels him, uh, expels the ex-boyfriend out of it. Yulia goes to see Hakon who's passed out on the floor because he's been thrown into things and they're all doing the lovey-dovey romance thing um, and the ex-boyfriend somehow finds a rifle and has decided he's going to kill the two of them, shoots them and then her dad turns up and then we cut to the alien suit guys carrying Hakon and Julia and Yulia sorry, into the ship with the father walking along and put them onto beds.
1: Special medical alien beds.
0: Special medical alien water beds. Yeah. (laughs) Because the water has a healing effect on her too. And then she's healed. And while that's going on, the father is having a conversation with the ship. And the ship's basically saying they're on an observation trip. They come and check every however many years. Earth has been deemed too dangerous.
1: It basically, like, reel off all the statistics about how many violent deaths there have been on Earth and how many military conflicts and basically, like... There's a hostile social element.
0: (laughs) That was the terminology. I was like, it's so good, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, hostile social environment. Um,
1: That was was it, yeah.
0: And that when they have intervened or, like, stepped onto planets like that before, it's swiftly followed by that planet's downfall or, like, self-destruction. I can't quite remember.
1: Yeah, they basically said us making contact would just make things worse.
0: Yeah. And then there was some bit of dialogue that was like, oh, so then um, the father's like, well, so are you not going to come back and observe again? And the ship was like, well, we wouldn't, but there's something to do with why Yulia would save Hakon, and then why he would save her back that gives it promise, so we may do.
1: Yeah, essentially like she's like an outlier or an anomaly.
0: Yeah. And I guess with time there may be more anomalies, which may be why you saw the teacher throughout, like interspersed throughout mm. being like a voice of reason. Yeah. And then the father picks Julia up and they leave, and then the ship starts up and leaves, and then you kind of end the film with Hacon still on the bed and you see a bit of a twitch, so you're like, ooh, is he maybe alive?
1: Yeah, because it's very much like, he sacrificed his life so that she could survive. But maybe he's not dead.
0: Ooh, there may be a sequel. More romance. Um, And then that was the end of the film.
1: Yes. Thank you very much for that What summary, <laughs> Tegan. You You're welcome. So yeah, as you will have gathered, it's quite twisty, turny and intricate. Yep. So. <coughs> Based on that description. Yeah. <laughs> did you like it?
0: I actually did from the point of view that it was fairly complex and it, Although it kind of, once you'd figured out it was probably a relationship, it kind of followed the steps you thought it might. But it was still interesting, and it was interesting to see the social dynamics going on and the consequences of an invasion. I mean, it's fairly similar to what you see in other films, which is that there's rioting and uproar and upset. And we referenced Arrival earlier, like at the beginning of this podcast And you saw similar things in that, where people were not sure about what was going on and upheaval and revolts taking place in reaction to the presence of aliens. So I guess it's reflective of what we see. But another take, what happens when it's all within a city, overcrowded with people and the interaction side of things?
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting just how, like, I guess, political it got because you have all this stuff of the people who want to, get rid of the aliens, are like, the authorities are protecting the aliens and they should be protecting us. And, you know, you actually have several scenes of quite violent clashes between ordinary citizens and the military, basically because they're trying to break into things. And I was quite surprised by that, because Mm. it's very much like the military, at least from my point of view in the audience, the military are kind of like the voices of reason here. But... I was just surprised to see a film set in Russia that would, you know, show...
0: That kind of level of clashing going
1: on. Yeah, between, like, the public and the mm. authorities. I thought that would be, like, too sensitive a topic to want to depict. But, yeah, apparently not.
0: Well, I do Maybe wonder...
1: it's in a fantasy context it's okay, or you're... sci-fi context.
0: Yeah, you're sort of removed enough. But I also wonder if it's because we are shown almost the military thought process going on because there are a couple of scenes where you've got you the colonel who's Yulia's father sort of having to justify his actions and the next steps to a mm. group of other military maybe political people
1: yeah i think it's like the defense minister or something yeah yeah, yeah who is a recurring character
0: yes so i wonder if maybe that's why because you're given that sort of the two sides to the story and it's Very much depicted that revolting is not a clever idea. I mean, like, the people who revolted were, from the story point of view, clearly making stupid decisions.
1: Yeah, and the villains.
0: Yeah, very much so. Because the ex-boyfriend and his posse are very much shown as, like, thieves, rioters, just... Yeah, generally not the best people. And they're the ones... Not
1: violent thugs, essentially.
0: very much so. And they're the ones who sort of stimulated all the aggression and the upset.
1: Yeah, Um, because people were upset anyway, and then he gives this sort of, like, rabble-rousing speech about mm -hmm. how, like, this friend, you know, would do anything for him, and now he's dead because of the aliens. Even though it's not true, he's dead because one of his stupid other friends, you know, decides to fire a gun at somebody. Um... Yeah, so there's even, like, distortion of the truth in there. So it's, yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting.
0: It is really interesting.
1: Um, so that's some of the politics stuff. I feel like we could talk about that more. But there's also some gender politics stuff <laughs> oh my as well. Oh gosh,
0: the relationship dynamics. Between the, like, boyfriend and Yulia, it, there's just, like, a lack of follow when like you've got consent issues in there you've got aggressive relationship issues.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, because the well, it would be a sex scene that's happening <laughs> yeah. when the aliens turn up and it's basically only the aliens turning up that it's interrupted but yeah. yeah that was that was very very uncomfortable to watch because she's like no
0: yeah i want to go up to the roof and watch the comets with my friends i with my friend i, w- I want to answer the f- my friend's phoning me i want to answer the phone and he's like no and He's like
1: yeah sure no. you do and, and then just like carries on kissing her and like yeah basically forcing himself on her
0: yeah and you just the whole way through he doesn't really I mean, there's, he doesn't really accept when she says no.
1: Except but, when he's pretending.
0: <laughs> yeah. But then there's clearly also that level of, like, protection of... Um, or that over-the-top need to protect her where she can't go and explore in the city, despite the fact he's broken the cordon with her. That still remains one of my, like, if you don't think it's going to be safe, why take her in there in the first place? Or why show her how to get in?
1: Yeah, it's not done out of concern for her safety so much as, like, this is my woman and I'm going to yeah. keep her from other people.
0: And then the minute it's he's gross. lost her, he goes off the deep end because she can't be had by anyone else. And I think that's why you see the dad and him like knocking heads at the rate you do. Because the dad's like, she will be safe if you do it this way. And he's like, well, she's safe. She's clearly safe. I can be trusted. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's that real the power dynamics between those two. You really see Oh, it's just a it's just not pleasant.
1: Yeah, but it's I thought it was good that the film shows him clearly to be a an unpleasant knucklehead mm. because initially when you had that, you know, contentious, very not consensual would be sex scene, I was kinda like, I feel like the film is showing that this is awkward, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And it was the subsequent events that was kinda Okay, this is all foreshadowing that he was a nasty piece of work. Yeah,
0: and there were some bits where he seemed, well, there were a couple of scenes where he stepped in while there were riots and it looked like they were trying to redeem him a little bit or show that he was a good guy because he was ta- trying to get, there was a bust up between the guards guarding the cordon and the, um, just people on the street and he was there pulling the civilians off the police and then something mm. just like, twi- like, Snapped. Snapped. That's a good word. Snapped, and then he was off the deeper, and we were like, okay, great. He is a bad guy. He's going to beat the living daylights out of everyone. He's got no actual control. Yeah, it was just yeah. So very good that we got to the end, and really nicely juxtaposed against Hakon in that he was non-violent. Kind of there was no- none of that like lack of consent in the two of them and their interactions.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess not. Yeah, it was. It was much more like he actually wanted to talk to her. And in fact, there's a there's a thing that she, um, in terms of listening to women.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, he does do a lot more listening. Doesn't yeah, he?
1: and Yulia later yells at her dad because she's essentially saying, "At least he listens to me. You never listen, and yes. this is why our relationship is terrible." Yeah. And the dad sort of takes that on board, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why you see that at the end where the dad controlling the military goes in and is like, okay, we're not going to confront, we're just going to pull the people off.
1: Yeah, yeah. But also throughout, the dad is is generally like, we have to be careful, we don't want to provoke the aliens. So it is quite, despite the military shooting the aliens down in the first place... Yeah. Which is very gung-ho. He is very much a, this could really get out of hand, so we shouldn't start <laughs> <Just stop laughs> something we can't finish, can't finish, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
0: don't provoke them. Like, just wait and see. Very much a wait and see type.
1: Like, what we'll are just... their intentions? Yeah, yeah,
0: almost... You don't tend to see that in, like, films where you're looking at a military context. It's always that, like, "I'll gung-ho in, we'll take them out, we'll... Save the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that was something that was... Because in many ways, this film was quite a cliche action film, mm. but that was an interesting thing, that it yeah portrayed that character slightly different to the way you'd normally see that. Yeah. Um, actually, a quick aside. That actor, Alek Menshikov, is quite a famous Russian actor. Okay. Um, he was the male lead in The Barber of Siberia, it's just like a period drama that we covered earlier. Ah. That, yeah, this was from about like 20 years ago, so he was much younger. Ah, okay. Yeah. He was about 30 then, and, but was playing like 20. So here he's much more grizzled, but he's in a lot of...
0: Okay, so he's a really well-known actor.
1: Yeah, and he's in a lot of films, particularly with the director of The Barber of Siberia. And ah. The director's called Nikita Mikhalkov. Okay. And he's also in... Um, another Mikhail Kov film called Burnt by the Sun, which I will definitely need to cover it. <laughs> Add it to the list. Yeah, it's a long list. But anyway, <laughs> so it was nice seeing him in something else, but yeah. Oh.
0: Is it the kind of role he normally plays? Um,
1: I, I mean, the, the couple of things I've seen him in before were actually quite different. In Barbara of Siberia, he's like the romantic lead. Mm, and then okay. in Burnt by the Sun, he's a much less trustworthy character, we'll say. So I've seen him do different things. I haven't seen him just okay, play the same so thing. Complete,
0: not typecast, though.
1: Yeah, and this is the only thing I've seen him in that's as recent as this. Like, the stuff I've seen of him before is 90s. So uh, okay. it's kind of weird seeing him as a as an older guy <laughs> it's now. Come from
0: very young to very old. Yeah. young to very yeah, old. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that was cool seeing him. It was also cool seeing lots of Moscow
0: Mm, yeah, I imagine.
1: Um, in fact, uh, shot like fifteen minutes in, you see Moscow City, which is like the skyscraper, ultra modern business <laughs> district. And I was like, I've worked out in one of those because that's where our gym used to be when I lived in <laughs> Moscow. And and Carrie, um, who you know, long time listeners will know, is my wife. She used to work in one of those, so that was kind of weirdly nostalgic. <laughs> But anyway, I've I've kind of sidetracked us a bit.
0: No, it's good. It's yeah, it was fun. It was fun for you guys to be able to point it out, and for me to be able to go, okay. Yeah, when Carrie's talking about work, I now kind of have an image in my head of where that might be.
1: Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the besides you know shots of the city and stuff? Yeah. What did you think of the visual aspect? You mentioned the robot slash alien exoskeleton mm. suit thing, but besides that,
0: um there's a real it's you've got a good juxtaposition between so whenever you're looking at the more military type shots you're getting the much more austere beautiful buildings but then when you're looking at the people you're very much more into your tower blocks um or your blocks of flats where you've got people living in which is a really clear visual divide between the two and separation between the two and then you come to the more alien side of things and it's a very sort of far future sleek design very very white lots of curves no straight lines
1: yeah and uh, no pun in t- well pun kind of intended very fluid which is yeah. connected with the water yes. things and everything is like you say smooth and
0: and organic that very organic shape to everything so really like good use of visuals and i guess what's available within moscow so you can show your military prowess with your um your beautiful older buildings and sort of give you an understanding of the history but then a very clear idea of where people are living and how they're living in tower blocks and you've got your spaces like that but then where the the ship has landed it's all covered in dust it's so interesting because it's clearly from hitting all the buildings you've got a lot of building rubble all over the floor and it's abandoned and very much they mention fear that they've got. They may end up at the beginning of the film when the ship first lands. There's the fear that this is going to be another Chernobyl, mm, um, and yeah. it very much looks like that because everything's covered in this layer of dust, almost what you would expect is radiation type. Particles. Particles is a good one. Um, but would look like covering everything. So covering abandoned um playgrounds with abandoned prams in them and it's that real like everyone is just suddenly being cleared out. Yeah. And it's I guess to give you that reference back and to be like, This is scary and probably is part of what's provoked the fear for the common man on the ground.
1: Yeah, this is what resonates with yeah. People, yeah, yeah, this seems like something they've experienced before, even though, you know, obviously not aliens, but no, <laughs> something it's... massively destructive happening. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it was, yeah, really like interesting visuals, I think, and good use of visuals to give you that clear distinction of who the story is about and what we're seeing.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I felt felt having seen another of his films before, Stalingrad, which you mentioned in the mm. intro. The style suited the material a lot better because one of the problems I had with that film was that it was a bit too, like, video gamey, which this had a bit, mm. you know, kind of slow-mo and stuff. And there was some of that in this, but perhaps not as much. And also because it's You'd expect
0: it in this kind of...
1: Genre, yeah. yeah. Whereas when it's portraying, like, a historical event, having people, like, stab people in slow motion is kind of a bit, like...
0: I don't think you ever need to see slow motion violence.
1: No, but you know in something like the Matrix or whatever, yeah. you know, it, it it feels a bit more like
0: It's kind of that really set the tone. I when I think now cuz a more recent film that I've seen with slow motion Violence was the Judge Dredd film, the more recent one.
1: I've heard that's good.
0: It's so violent. But, like, because the violence is in slow motion, so it's very, like, graphically gross. Mm. And I was just like, I... So someone fell off the top of a high-rise building and Mm. you watched them hit the floor in slow motion?
1: Oh, (laughs) Splurgey.
0: yeah, to this day, still cannot get that image out of my head. So for me, I'm like, can we just not? (laughs) Can we just not do the slow motion?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the violence in this, though, was mostly, like, people getting punched in the jaw and there being a little bit of blood. There wasn't anything that was... Not
0: really a lot of blood,
1: though. No, considering how hard some people were getting slammed into walls.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, the amounts of bruises. I think we had someone cough up blood,
1: but... Oh, yes, when, uh... But uh one of the... Um, posse. Posse. Gets shot, yeah. He does cough up blood. I'm like, eh, that'll be a lung that you hit there. Uh, it looked
0: like a shoulder.
1: Yeah, yeah. It looked like you winged him, but no, he's totally dying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apart from that, it was very, like, 12A slash yeah. PG-13 for uh, American listeners. Yeah. yeah, level of violence. So it wasn't that upsetting. But... no. I found it slightly tonally weird in that there was quite a lot of jokes.
0: Yes, because I was giggling through a fair amount of that film, but it was use of dialogue. It was yeah. clever, like wording of things, or like clever conversation that was being had, um, rather than like cracking actual jokes. I feel.
1: Yes. Yeah. A lot of it was Yulia being a sarky teenage <sighs> girl,
0: <laughs> which is why I would have
1: been giggling throughout. Yes. Which, yeah. I think
0: uh, there was one bit where the grandma asked for the Wi-Fi code passcode um, and Yulia like rattles it off and then makes some comment about cadets shouldn't know the Wi-Fi code in the barracks because <laughs> clearly her dad treats her like a cadet. Yeah. And it was just like the right, like the tone was just good. As the grandma's walking, it was
1: just well done. Yeah. Oh, right at the end, there's uh, just a throwaway line about People buying buckwheat and preparing for the potential return of the aliens. Now that's a thing in economics in and like political stability in Russia is that people say that it could be judged by the price of buckwheat.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That went over my head.
1: So yeah, the thing with buckwheat is because it's a staple food and <laughs> it keeps forever.
0: Oh, okay. It's
1: something you can store, and you know it's a source of carbohydrate, mm. and it's basically like you can stock up on this, and it will prevent you from starving. So, if the price of buckwheat goes up because everyone's buying it, then it means everyone's really anxious about what the future holds. So
0: the aliens are coming back.
1: So yes. Um, so I thought that was a funny, uh, a little line in there. Yes. Another, like, random little cultural reference, which, of course, we enjoy in this show with our recurring end-of-the-first-half feature that we do, is you briefly see Hakon wearing a Yuri Gagarin T-shirt.
0: Yes! you mentioned I completely missed that one as well.
1: Well, you don't see it for very long, and it's kind of like, if you know what Gagarin looks like...
0: Ah, uh, it's an easy reference.
1: Then, yeah, but I like how they sneak that in. And you also see a picture on the wall at some point of the uh, late Russian rock star, Victor Soy, mm-hmm. who was, you know, like a megastar. So again, that's just a little like mm. ubiquitous Russian cultural reference that if you're...
0: If you're in the culture, you'll know, you'll pick up on Oh, it. you'll be like, well, oh, Soy. It yeah. paints a picture of who owns... Because that was all in the garage, so it's the type mm. of people that Yulia and her father are. Yeah. Or what they're going to be interested in.
1: Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. so that was kind of fun, seeing those little details in there. That
0: would explain, though, if they're music fans, why they went to... There was a gig halfway through this film. They went to a gig, despite the fact that they've got military control and they're under curfew and all of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, although the rapper guy who's performing, like when they get to curfew time, he's like, "It's curfew time now. Everyone has to go home, <laughs> obey the authorities. <laughs> it's like, very like not what you normally so think well
0: behaved. And then, as they walk in, so as Julia and Hakon walk in, because um, they're trying to hide from the authorities. He asks her why they're there, and she's like, well, who would have thought there'd be a gig while we're under police control? And it's just like, to then have them all be like, okay, now it's time for you to go home. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. It was funny, it was good. And I think that's where you also had that level of humour going on.
1: Yeah, but it did contribute to the tone being a bit like, you go from it being super serious to light-hearted, back to super serious, it's kind of like slightly whiplashy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a good film. I enjoyed it, but I think it was rompy enough. It kind of fit in with my like.
1: Yes, for those who haven't caught Tegan's previous episode, we we discovered that Tegan likes her sci-fi's rompy rather than ponderous. <laughs> yeah,
0: I prefer it if it's all gone a little bit silly and a little like a little bit manic, not too manic, um, and often where there's a lot of fighting and it's not. I mean, it's just people like bashing the living daylights out of each other, and there's no actual story, no dialogue. It's boring. But if you've got witty dialogue through it, which is what we had, or the vi- there's violence there for a reason, or it's, mo- it's actually progressing the story on, then I'm quite happy to sit through it.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like you'd recommend this to other people then.
0: Yeah, I think it was a good film.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, especially... <laughs> After last time! Yes, yes. So... Yes, yeah, so they've got a chance of retaining you as sci-fi correspondent mm. because it's not always gonna be awful. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks very much for joining us, Gantigan.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been great fun. Yeah, it has. Alright, thanks for joining us folks. Das Vidania. verdania. So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovich and the highly skilled migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at Podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media... Please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at rusfarsunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now.